Welcome listeners to Conversations to Connect. I'm your host Maddie and this is a podcast where we connect community with organisations. Here with me today I have Lynn from Working It Out. How are you going Lynn? Uh, well thank you. That's good, that's good. Um, let Tell our listeners where you're from, what's your role in the organisation? Okay so I'm the CEO of Working It Out so I work from Hobart. Mm-hmm. Um, Working It Out is a statewide service that supports Tasmanians of diverse sex, sexuality and gender. Mm-hmm. And we've been around doing this work for about uh, more than 20 years. Are you guys just Tasmanian-based, Australia-wide? No, we're Tasmanian-based. Actually, we, we we came from, our beginnings are on the northwest coast of Tasmania, mm-hmm. around about the time of the campaign to decriminalise homosexuality in Tasmania. Yep. There was a lot of... Um, abuse and um, bad things happening at that time. And so it was impacting young LGBTIQ folk. Group of concerned citizens got together, uh, a report was created and eventually a service was um, set up. Um, But we don't just support young people, we support people of all ages. Amazing. Okay, cool. And are you guys based in Hobart? So meaning you only have an office in Hobart or you still have the office on the northwest coast? Okay, no, we have our office. We have our main office in Hobart. We do have staff with offices in the north and the northwest. So we have Mason up in Launceston and Tess up in Burnie. Yep, amazing. Okay, cool. So, what kind of services exactly do you provide? So we're a, a support organisation. So we do one-on-one support. So that's free support sessions with one of our support staff. That can be in person, online, email, chat, messaging, amazing. whatever yep. phones, whatever people would like. Um, and they're usually around people supporting issues to do with their gender or sexuality or being someone born with variations of sex characteristics. Um, so we also do peer support groups. So we have gender groups, parenting groups, partners groups, just dropping groups, outspace for younger people. So we have a number of peer support groups happening and they um, operate in a variety of online and face-to-face environments and sometimes both. Uh, we do a lot of community connection and advocacy work. So um, I sit on most of the, all of the government um, LGBTIQ plus reference group. I'm the co-chair of the whole of government LGBTIQ plus reference group. We work with a lot of organisations to deliver professional learning. We also have dedicated programs in schools. So we support schools to be inclusive places for young people. And we also have a dedicated program supporting aged care. So making sure that aged care are also inclusive places for older LGBTIQ plus folks. So we do the whole range from young people to old people and everything in between. Amazing. Wow, that is such a well-versed, I mean, in the span of 20 years, you've obviously really extended yourselves, um, which is amazing. I don't think there's anything on that list that doesn't cover all bases, really. Yes, look, there's lots more we can do and we're limited in some of the services that we can offer in, in, in so we do offer them, but, you know, we know we could do a lot more in those spaces, but we do the best with what we've got. Yeah, amazing. So I, when you were talking about the services there, you were mentioning that you do things for parents and, I guess, support people as well as individuals who are experiencing these issues. Yeah, so, like, uh, we, we do support an individual who might be negotiating something to do with their sexuality or gender or variations of sex characteristics but we also understand that they need to be supported by the people around them that love them so family members are also um, able to call us up and book an appointment Um, they can come together or separately 
And we also have a group for parents of gender diverse young people. Amazing. Wow. So so when people are calling up and asking for these services, what kind of, um, I guess, workers will they be in contact with? Is it like um, counsellors or what kind of staff do you have at your organisation? Yep. So when they, when they can, people can call us up on our phone number or they can go, if they want to book a one-on-one session or find out about our groups, you can also go online. So you can actually book appointments online if sometimes people are a bit nervous about get calling. Yeah. Um, so that's an option. So one of our staff will answer who that is. just depends who's in the office of the day, but they're all fantastic. We're a peer-led organisation, so our staff are LGBTIQ plus folk, Amazing. all very strong allies. So, yeah, that's and uh, in terms of our one-to-one support in our groups, they are run by suitably qualified people, um, counsellors, support workers um, in this space. Amazing. So your organisation is totally run by um, peer support or really good allies, you said. So everyone who is working in your organisation has some, I guess, not personal experience, but possibly in, in that kind of world? Yeah, so especially all our... Uh, our our public-facing staff um, are members of the LGBTIQ plus community. So, yes, everybody has their own personal experiences, but we also understand that everybody's experience is unique. So um, I guess that makes us a really um, supportive kind of organisation. It doesn't mean we understand every issue that people come in with, but it means that we're there and we're open to learning and listening and we've probably got a, an idea of some of the impacts those issues I have for people. Yeah, that's amazing because I, I know when you're struggling with something, it it's amazing to know that somebody else out there has also dealt with a similar experience. So being able to talk to someone like that would be would break down so many barriers in people reaching out. Yeah, and our staff are very experienced, so they spend a lot of time in this area. If somebody, um, say a young person or an older person or a parent wanted to contact you, what would be the best way to go about getting in contact with the organisation? Okay, so they could give us a ring on our phone number, which is 62311200. Or as I said before, they could go online and have a look. Um, They could book a a one-to-one appointment online. Um, a few different options there if people want to choose face-to-face or phone or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the easiest way, just to let people know that we don't collect a lot of data, so you just need to give us some basic contact information so that if anything goes wrong with the appointment, we can call you up. Yeah. Um, you can give us a bit more and we'll send you an email, but you don't have to do that kind of stuff. And everything we, all the information that we collect is very confidential. But um just wanted to let people know that they don't have to give us lots of background and detailed information to access our service. Yeah. And of course it's free. Oh, it's everything is free. Uh everything for one for individuals is free. If people want to book training through us then 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 there's usually a fee attached to that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. That's that really breaks down another barrier of having to um pay for support, which is great. Um if you yep. so for an organization to contact you, what kind of training would that organization be receiving? So we have a variety of training um, products, if you like. We do our sort of standard introductory LGBTIQ plus inclusive practice training. We have a shorter training um, session of about two hours called Language Matters, and we can do those either online or face-to-face. We also um, we have a, a range of other training products um, for specific um, sectors, so for health workers or for disability workers, for example. Mm-hmm. 
So that information about those and sort of um, course information sheets are all on our website as well. So if people go and look under for organisations, they should be able to find that stuff there. And also we can tailor anything um, to a particular organisation. So normally we would tailor it a bit to, to the organisation that we're talking to just to make sure that it's fit for purpose. Um, the other thing that we have now is publicly available courses. So if you've only got one or two people in the organisation or you're just somebody else not actually in an organisation but you want to upskill yourself in this area, we offer face-to-face public courses in Hobart and online courses across the state, obviously. So people can sign up for those and information about those are also on our website. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. So as well as the organisational um, services that you provide the training you also have training for the public so and that's all on the website yep yep so people can either book a, a book us to come to their organization and just pay a fee for however many people mm-hmm. or people can just sign up for an individual registration by a uh, by our website for a public course amazing that's great because the, i mean education is power so giving yes, people yes. the resources to be able to educate themselves Yes. really and help in building allies, really. Yes, and we're just, just finishing developing our first uh, e-learning module too. This is the e-learning module for disability sector workers. So this is a very practical, um, person-centred uh, approach to e-learning, not, not just rings of information. So, um, yes, we hope to expand our offerings in the e-learning space too in the, in the not-too-distant future. Amazing. Um, I just want to go back to one thing that you listed off when you were saying the services that you provide <laughs> is the peer support. Yes, so we run specific groups. So as I said, we have a gender group. So that's a that's a group of, for example, of people of diverse gender who, who come together and just help each other out, support each other. We have staff members in these groups as well. So there's someone there to sort of hold the fort, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um so we have those groups and you can find details of those on our website. So um, gender group, parenting group, a partners group for uh, partners of trans and gender diverse people, uh, an outspace group for young people, so that's 14 to 25-year-olds. Uh, and a pop-in Friday. So we have pop-in Fridays all around the state on Friday mornings um, every couple of weeks. So you can find details of those as well. But the other thing that we are doing now at the moment, we have a project and we'd like to do more of, is helping other community members set up their own groups. So often people are looking for people like themselves mm-hmm. to interact with and, you know, we don't have the capacity to offer every group to every um, interest or collection of people. So what we're really trying to do is skill up individuals to start their own groups and support each other through that a good example of that is that we've recently started running uh, Dungeons and Dragons groups, being very popular. Ooh. So we have <laughs> three Dungeons and Dragons groups going at the moment, and I suspect there's probably a demand for a bit more. We're so- soon also going to start some role-playing uh, role games days as well. But there's all sorts of groups that people might like to um, organise and set up. It might be a face-based based group, it might be an a arts-based group or just a, a chat group. Um, yeah, so we're really keen to support other people in the community to connect and um, support each other that way. Wow, that sounds so sustainable because you're now giving people the resources to be able to build their own community, which is something that 
personally I find is quite hard to do in in this day and age. Yeah, it can be hard to do. And look, we we can do people can do that by it might just be as simple as a Facebook group, or it might mm. be where you have a a regular meeting of of similar folk to to do something or talk about things. So yeah, I think it's a very powerful, cost effective, inclusive way for people to support one another. Exactly. And I think that's something that the LGBTIQ plus community has always been really good at. We're really supportive of one another. And so we just like to tap into that and encourage people to do, to do more of it. Yeah, that's amazing. So um, just so that our listeners know, if they are interested, say, in the Dungeons & Dragons night, where can they access this or get involved? So Dungeons and Dragons is full at the moment. I'm sorry, people. Um, oh. <laughs> the best the best way though to keep keep abreast of what we might be offering is through our Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, just join up to Facebook. Uh, it's working it out, Inc. Um, we also do an e-news kind of thing that we send out, so that you can sign up to that on our um, on our web page. But really, probably more the group stuff was probably we'd probably advertise through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and if so, Dungeons and Dragons is full. Um, we do, we are running some workshops at the moment of, to help people set up um, community um, community groups. So it's called Community Connections. So if people are interested in that, we've already run the Launceston and Burnie ones this week, but the Hobart ones next week. So if that's of any use, they can do that. We also have an online version of that coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. So they can just. Uh, or we, we can, we're going to offer this in the future as well. So if anybody was interested but not able to come at the moment, they can just give us a ring and give us their details and we'll contact them when we've got something else on offer. Amazing. And I guess equally, if you are someone listening who wants to find a community or has a passion about something, get in contact with working it out and hopefully you can set something up and build your own community doing something that you love with amazing, supportive people. That's that's the way we love it. Exactly. Happen. Yeah, amazing. So, um, something else I'm very curious about that you mentioned was the oh. elderly support. So, um, older, yeah. So we do support. So we do work in aged care facilities, aged care facilities and yeah. aged care providers. So mm-hmm. it's been widely recognised that a lot of aged care services a frightening place for older LGBTIQ plus people. Mm-hmm. We really have the first generation of. Um, LGBTIQ plus people who have been out in their life and they face the prospect of having to go back in the closet once they enter aged care services mm. um, because aged care services are pretty heteronormative. You know, they're set up for yeah. um, people in sort of fairly traditional male-female relationships and they often don't think about people in same-sex relationships. Mm. Um, people who are trans and gender diverse, for example, can be very frightened about what might happen to them in those places, what staff will think they do, what might happen if they uh, start to uh, unfortunately suffer from dementia, you know, will they be supported to live as they have previously. Yeah. So there's a lot of fear out there. Mm. And what it means is that people either don't access services you know, for example, they don't ask for a home care package where people are going to come to their home. Yeah, that's one thing. Or they go back, they go into the aged care service, and they don't—they're not authentic. They don't come out as, as, as you know, 
gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans, gender diverse, you know, whatever mm-hmm. diversity they encompass. So they, they keep that secret and hidden. Or they do come out, but they find that the service is not supportive and inclusive. So there's a lot of work to do there. We've been doing this work for a little while now, but it's recognised as a significant issue. And so we will continue to work with aged care providers to make sure that they offer a safe and inclusive environment. Yeah, that that sounds really, really important. I mean, that that's not something that I would have ever thought of, which is such a privilege for me to say. Um, but that would you're be... too young. I know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it, it it does sound like a huge issue, and I mean, I can't even imagine what it would be like going into a, a place where you don't know if you're going to be safe or not. Um, so that service sounds like it's really important, and I hope that it grows. And yeah, it's. It's really interesting to to hear about all of the different communities that you guys are connecting with because there's so many different communities that, that need your support. Yeah. Another thing about um, older people is like, you know, our society has become more inclusive. It's still not great. There's still a lot of harassment, discrimination and abuse that happens, but it is way better than it used to be. Mm. And so many older people have ex- have experienced significant trauma in their past uh, in relation to being LGBTIQ+. Mm-hmm. And so they carry those scars with them. So when they go into them, which can mean they are often more fearful, yeah. um, and when they go into new environments where they're not sure about safety, it can have a gr- even greater impact than perhaps some younger folk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a lot to take in. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if if there is a service out there that wants to become... Um, more supportive or get training, again, they just go to your website and access um, the training that's on your website or, or get in contact with you for you guys yeah, to come in? Yeah, they can call. There's a sort of inquiry form there. Um, one way or other, yeah, whatever suits them, they can get in touch with us. And okay. people wanting to do the um, public courses, they can book directly via our website. So they just go there and, and book a place. Yeah, and what is your website just so that people know? Oh, it's, it's workingitout.org.au yep. okay. or one word, working it out. So if if somebody was to contact your service, you said they can either do it email or via the phone. They don't have to come into your organisation. You can meet a support worker in any environment that they choose. Is that correct? Sure. Well, we don't go to people's homes or meet in a cafe or something. So it has, it's usually that somebody would come to our office, mm-hmm. um, it, whether it's uh, Hobart Burning or Launceston, or if they can't do that, we can do it over the phone or via Zoom or via Skype, whatever else um, people want. Sometimes, you know, we do SMS messaging, yep. emailing. I know we've done, we've done um, game chat portals before, so we try to be just adapt to what the needs of the the person are yeah amazing so you've done support over game chats yes (laughs) that's so cool (laughs) that's really great I mean I know that a lot of people my age are really like and myself included are really into games so that's a a really safe space for them so it's great that you've adapted (laughs) um yeah Yeah. it might depend a bit on the interests of the staff but certainly I know that's stuff we've done before Yeah. yeah 
Yeah, cool. And so most people, you know, uh, even if they're not very technologically minded and don't want to do it through their games chat portal, I mean, most people at least can talk on the phone. So, yeah, it, it means that we can support people who are not able to get to those sort of more, uh, to the sort of um, physical places as well. And some people are a bit nervous, so being able to connect first up by phone suits some people um, just to make that first step. Mm-hmm. And do you guys refer on to any services or are you all totally in-house providing the support through you guys or do you guys refer on to other organisations? Look, we can refer on if people have got specific um, issues that they're they're dealing with and we're not, we don't have expertise in that area, obviously we will um, refer on. We're not a, sort of a, a, a mental health provider, therapeutic divider, for example. Mm-hmm. So if people have ongoing mental health issues, we'll probably talk to them about accessing other forms of support. But um, our staff are very knowledgeable about um, kind of um, places that people might need to access, such as um, gender transitioning services or, for example, TAS card red thread around um, um, AIDS and HIV and so forth. So we, we will refer people to the appropriate places. And we're also always um, got safety in mind, so we're always trying to make sure that we're referring people to places that we know are safe and inclusive. Amazing. Yeah, so that's that's one thing that is really important is knowing that you're going to be safe when you're going to another organisation. And I know that that is a barrier for a lot of people when they are being referred on. So do you guys go to these organisations and make sure that they're inclusive and safe? Uh, so we we generally have some sort of history with them. Mm-hmm. So we you know like with Red Thread, we're just we're just allies and we 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 connect a lot. So that's 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 we know each other. Yeah. <laughs> or we've done training in those organisations. Um, we're also just in the in the process of developing um, a, a survey of health practitioners, both um, medical and allied health. And eventually, what we'll do, we'll have some information up on our website so people can go in and have a look at who does what mm-hmm. and choose providers themselves because that can be difficult. And that's all through our signpost um, website and app, which I should give a plug for. Please so do. that is a listing. <laughs> that's a listing of LGBTIQ plus uh, inclusive services mm-hmm. statewide. So uh, organisations sign up for that. They tell us why they're inclusive and they become a member on on the signpost page and app, and but we also have a little signpost sticker, which I know is on the front door of the red, red building there. <laughs> so yes, so that's um that's another project that we've got, and we really hope that's a way that people can find organisations uh, and services that are supportive. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's that's really important. Um, is there any other information you'd like to share about your service, or anything you'd like to really hone in on before we wrap up? Uh, then the other thing is, as I said, we do work in schools. So we have an LGBTIQ plus schools inclusion coordinator. Mm-hmm. And so we often get contacted by schools or parents or other service provider about a young person in the school setting. And nowadays it can be from early childhood right up to college mm-hmm. age, who is, you know, um, again, negotiating issues around their sexuality or their gender identity or their variations of sex characteristics. And so we'll come in and we'll we'll work with that young person to find out what it is they need from the school to be for that school to be a, a safe and inclusive environment. And then we work with the school about putting those plans into action. 
So that's a, a service that we, we get a lot of demand for. I shouldn't really plug it because it's very hard to make the demand for that service. But it's something that's really important because we know that if young people are surrounded by supportive in, and inclusive environments, they do well. And if they're not, they do extremely poorly, especially young gender diverse people. They can suffer significant issues, mental health, psychological distress. So we're really keen on... Um, getting action happening early so that young people can be supported supported in those environments. Amazing. So you guys go in and talk to the young person and provide them with support as well as training for the staff and other students? Uh, we don't, don't work directly with other students. That's, mm-hmm. In some ways, that's the school's job. Yeah. So, we, yes, we will support the young person. It's not an ongoing support kind of um, caseworker thing. It's just mm-hmm. like we go in and talk to them and find out what they need. Mm-hmm. We will talk and engage with parents mm-hmm. wherever we can because they're really important in young people's lives, obviously. Mm-hmm. So wherever we can, we get parents in board, on board. We try and answer their questions, help them understand what's going on. And then we work really closely with the school to say, well, you need to provide a safe learning environment for these young people. This is what the young person has told us that means for them. You know, we'll help you do that. And it can be training. It can be uh, helping with some school processes and policies, name changes, or a wide range of things that schools can do to be more inclusive. That's amazing. That that really gives the power back to the individual, which is something that I think is, is really important because in these times you can feel like you don't have a lot of control, especially in a school environment where you're going every day. So that's really important to be able to yeah, give that power back. Sure. that's We really want it to be led by the, the, the person themselves, not for mm-hmm. adults to be telling them. Um, what to do. The other thing we do as part of that process is encourage schools to set up pride or diversity groups, which are for LGBTIQ plus young people and their allies. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to name yourself up. You can just come along if you're supportive. And those groups work towards creating cultural change in the school. Amazing. So you help support the school to provide an inclusive space for these young people. Yep, yep. We we support schools to run these, and there's a lot of evidence around about how much how much of a difference these spaces can make to young LGBTIQ plus folks mm, exactly. in schools. So, if somebody, if a school or a parent or an individual wanted to contact you about this, again, it's the website. Yes, the website. <laughs> Have a look at the website. We've got a section there for. For, for for parents and for schools. So, but, you know, always just our general number, which is on the, I think, the front of the webpage, just give us a call and uh, we'll go from there. No, no wrong door, you just call us up and we'll, we'll sort, sort people out. Amazing. That's great. Well, that's it for another episode, everyone. Make sure you subscribe so that we can join the conversation every week and don't forget to follow us on Facebook for previews of upcoming conversations, catch-ups and the resources for everything from Working It Out and from Lynn. Um, I'm Maddie and I've been chatting to Lynn from Working It Out. Thank you so much for joining me, Lynn. Thank you. It's been my, my pleasure. Thank you so much and catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm.